Hi, this is Brent White, and welcome back to my podcast. Listen, I know that our nation, our world, is facing some challenging times with the ongoing threat of COVID-19. Tacoa First United Methodist Church, like all churches, will not be gathering live for worship this Sunday. But we are offering online worship starting at 8.30. You can access that worship service on our church YouTube channel and also on our church Facebook page. You can get more information about how to do that at our website, which is tacoafirstumc.org. In the meantime, I'm going to be offering daily devotionals, at least during the week on this channel. And of course, my family jokes that if the devotional is over 15 minutes, it's no longer a devotional. It's a sermon. What can I say? I'm a preacher. I like to talk. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. Anyway, I hope you enjoy what follows. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Even more importantly, God is going to bring us through this crisis. We're going to be okay because God is taking care of us. I want you to believe that. Anyway, I love you. I'll see you soon. Hello, Tacoa First family. Welcome back to this series of videos that we're calling the Tacoa First Family Devotional. This is episode number three, and I'm continuing in this episode to look at the Lord's Prayer from Matthew chapter 6. Today, I'm just going to read the, the prayer itself, beginning with verse 9. If you have your Bibles, and you should, please turn to Matthew chapter 6, and we will start with verse 9. This is Jesus speaking. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven, the, forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. If you've heard me preach over the past year, you probably know about this beautiful, perfect creature named Ringo. Yes, Ringo is my dog. He's an English Springer Spaniel puppy. He turns one year old in just a couple of weeks. And as I've said before, this dog has absolutely melted my heart, <laughs> melted the hearts of my family. We just love him. And I shared this anecdote a few weeks ago in a sermon, but it bears repeating. When I, when I talk on the phone, um, I like to walk around and I got a phone call or I made a phone call when I was at my house one afternoon a couple of months ago. And I'm just walking around outside I'm walking in the backyard. I'm not paying attention to where I'm going. I walk across the street on Doyle Street where the sidewalk is, and I'm walking down the sidewalk. I'm in the midst of this, this involved conversation, 
and I'm not paying attention to the fact that my uh, dog, Ringo, has followed me outside into the backyard. And not only that, he has crossed the street or he's in the middle of the street when I'm on the sidewalk across the street. This would not, he would not do this normally. We have an invisible fence and he wears a shock collar. So when he approaches the boundary, he gets a little shock and that tells him to back up. And he doesn't, he never goes across the boundary of this invisible fence, except he did on this particular day because I guess he figured, um, you know, I was across the street and he wanted to be with me more than he wanted not to be shocked <laughs> because he's just that kind of a sweet dog. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of a busy road, as you might know. And there was a car that was fast approaching. And, and I, was, I, I wasn't paying attention. And then I saw the car coming. I saw the dog was in the street. And so what did I do? I ran out into the street. I held my, my hands up in front of this fast approaching car. And I said, stop. And the driver slammed on his brakes and, and of course, uh, stopped before, before the car hit me, not to mention ran over my dog. And I guess that's kind of crazy that I would have been willing to get hit by a car to save my dog. But I wasn't even thinking about it. I just... I just wanted to save this dog so much. Um, I mean, it's, it, I, anyway, it's just, it's just crazy. Um, anyway, I did that just out of this, this amazing love for this guy. Uh, I mean, like all, like all puppies, Ringo uh, is a pain in the neck a lot of the time, but, but I still love him. And it, look, if you have a dog or a cat or some other animal, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, why do I share this story? Because of these two remarkable words in verse 9, with which Jesus begins the Lord's Prayer, or the model prayer. Our Father. We, we pray this prayer from memory, we pray this prayer by rote. We don't even sometimes think about the words that we're saying because we're just so used to praying this prayer. We, we take for granted the, the fact that God is our Father. But trust me, when, when Jesus uh, spoke these words, when he called God his father, literally no one in the history of the world prior to Jesus had ever used, had ever, had ever spoken of God with, with, that, with that word. Um, there are a few references in the Old Testament to God as father, but that was always in terms of God being the father of a nation, the father of, of Israel, not the father of any particular individual, that would have been way too presumptuous, way too impious, way too disrespectful for someone to speak of, of God being their father. Yet in the Gospels, Jesus often speaks of God as my father, as if God belonged to him and, and he belonged to God. Before Jesus, no one had ever dared to speak of God in, in such a familiar and intimate and personal way. 
Now, we know that Jesus' primary language was Aramaic, which is related to Hebrew. Um, Although, like many Jews, Jesus would probably also have spoken Greek. I'm sure he did. Um, Greek was the lingua franca of of the day. Lots of people spoke Greek as a second language, and Jesus Jesus did too, but when he spoke to his disciples, including when he preached the Sermon on the Mount, he likely spoke in Aramaic. And we know, we know that when he gave them the Lord's Prayer, he would have used a more intimate term than the Greek word that's in our New Testament. That that word is pater, father. He would have used the word Abba. Now, we know this because elsewhere in the Gospels, in Mark 14, 36, when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, Mark records Jesus as saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Mark, who was writing in Greek, is signaling to his Greek-speaking audience the actual word that Jesus used when he referred to his father. And that word was, in Aramaic, Abba. Now, you can probably hear in the very sound of the word that this would be one of the first words that a young child would speak, would be able to speak. Just as in English, what's the first word that a child learns to say? Mama, Papa, uh, Dada, something like that, right? Well, Abba is that kind of word. It was literally one of the first words that a child who was learning Aramaic uh, would say. Now, it's no longer fashionable for preachers like me to point this out because Bible scholars are are quick to remind us that that even adult Aramaic speakers would have called their fathers Abba. But the fact remains, calling God our Abba is, is more intimate and informal. It implies a much closer relationship than simply calling God Father. Even in these ancient languages, that was true. I mean, it's certainly true in English. Most of us don't call our fathers father because that's too formal. That's true in English, and and it was true in, in Aramaic as well. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul understands this nuance. Um, that, that the nuance that, that Abba implies a, this very close, intimate relationship. He understands it because, for example, in Galatians 4, 6, he writes the following. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, why would Paul emphasize the word Abba if it were exactly equivalent to the word father. He wouldn't. Paul knows there's a difference in meaning. He wants us to know that God isn't merely our father, which would be amazing enough. No, he's also our Abba. He's our Papa. Can we be so bold to imagine that God 
is even our daddy? Because because that's nothing less than the meaning of, of calling God our father according to Jesus. All that to say, when we call God our father, Jesus is inviting us into the same intimate relationship with God that he himself enjoys. If God is our father the same way he's Jesus's father, think about what that means. Think, for example, of that time when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John. He hears a voice from heaven. He hears the voice of his father saying, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Well, the Bible tells us that what's, if, if we are in Christ, if we are born again through faith in Christ, that means that what's true of Jesus is also true of us. That means that we also become sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ. Now, we're adopted into God's family. We become sons of the Father through adoption, whereas, of course, Jesus was the only begotten son. But don't you think the Father's love for us is identical? And I can speak from personal experience here because I myself was adopted after I was born. And I have one um, older sister who was natural born into the family. I was adopted. And I can tell you from experience, my parents did not view us or love us any differently. I mean, I know who my mom and dad are. And, uh, and, and they were the ones that adopted me. So that's, that's true for us who, through faith in Christ, are adopted into God's family. It means that the Father's love for me and for you (laughs) is exactly the same as his love for his son, Jesus. And Jesus himself says so. Look it up in John 17, uh, verse 23 and 26. Let me just read these excerpts. That they may become perfectly one, referring to us disciples, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, that is, us disciples, even as you loved me. Verse 23. Now look at verse 26. I made known to them, Christ's disciples, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Listen, if you are in Christ, if you have been born again through faith in Christ, our Father takes pleasure in you. He is well pleased by you. He delights in you. You are the apple of his eye. Can you even comprehend how loved you are by our Father? Can you comprehend how precious you are in his sight? I began this devotional talking about my my love for my dog, Ringo. When I look at him, I feel nothing but affection. He's perfect to me. I couldn't love him more. As silly as it may seem, to use Ringo, my dog, as an analogy of 
God's love for us. I, I believe that God has used Ringo over the past year to, to remind me, to remind me in a small way of how great my father's love is for me. <laughs> and that's not silly at all. I say thank you, Lord, for using Ringo in that way. Well, how does it happen? How is it that we become beloved sons and daughters of God? How does God become our Father like this? Through the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. He suffered and died in order to pay the penalty for our sins, which had previously separated us from him. They were a barrier that kept us from being in a relationship with him. Ultimately, that would keep us from having eternal life. He died He suffered and died. He experienced hell. He paid the penalty for our sins. So now all our sins, past, present, and future, are forgiven as we believe in Jesus. And not only that, he gives us the gift of his righteousness in return. So we can stand before God as perfect as holy, as as righteous. There's no longer anything separating us from God. Again, I began by talking about how much, how I nearly got uh, ran over trying to save uh, Ringo a couple of months ago. Well, that's what a father's love does, right? That's what a father's love looks like. That's what a father's love is willing to do, to lay down his life in order to save the one that he loves. I mean, I know this from experience too. I I promise you, this may sound weird, but when when my, my first child was born, when Elisa was born, and I held her in my arms the first time, the 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 thought crossed my mind. I would do anything to keep this child safe. I would gladly take a bullet to save this child. I would gladly, you know, step in front of a fast approaching bus. I would gladly uh, step in front of the, the Amtrak train, you know, in order to save this child's life. And I wouldn't give it a second thought. That's what, that's what a parent's love is willing to do for their child. And, and indeed, this is precisely what God has done for us. You see, you see how it's the same? I mean, God in Christ was willing, was, he wanted to die on the cross if it meant saving us, if it meant having a relationship with us forever, if it meant giving us the gift of eternal life. Scripture says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's love. Amen? Listen, um, when I get through speaking here, I'm going to pray in a minute. But then when I get through praying, um, I'm going to show you a a video clip um, that I captured when I was in Israel back in 2011. And this is, is kind of cool to me. I hope you enjoy it. It's just a, a 30 seconds long. There's an Aramaic speaker, a, a man who's in his culture, he speaks Aramaic. He speaks the very same language that Jesus spoke. 
And uh, he prays the Lord's Prayer in his native language, again, which is very similar to the language that Jesus spoke. So as you hear him speak, you can sort of think to yourself, wow, this is what the Lord's Prayer sounded like back when Jesus gave it to his disciples. So I hope you enjoy that. Let's pray. Almighty God, we call you Father. We are able, we have the privilege of calling you Father because of what your son Jesus did through his life, death, and resurrection to make sure that we had eternal life, to clear out the obstacle, the barrier of sin which separated us from you and enabled us to enjoy a life with you forever. We are not your your servants. We are not your slaves. We are your beloved sons and daughters. You've adopted us into your family, and I, we are, are so grateful for that. Um, but you hear your children praying right now, God. You know that our hearts are heavy with worry and stress, and we have this, this uncertainty hanging over our heads. We're, we're worried about all kinds of things. We're worried about getting sick, or we're worried about people that we love who are already sick, And we're worried about the impact on the economy. We're worried about our jobs. So many things, God. This is a strange and uncertain time. We've never experienced anything quite like this. And we need your help. We need your grace. We need your strength. We need your peace. Give your peace, which surpasses all understanding. And uh, enable us to endure these difficult times. But we know that we're going to do more than just endure. We're going to prevail. (laughs) You're going to give us victory. You're going to bless us in ways that we can't even imagine right now. Um, But right now, we're in the midst of a trial. But you're in control, God. You're in control. You've got this. You've got this, and we're going to be okay. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shamabo, Wabro, Waroha, Yokadisho, Abunit Vashmayo, Onet Kadashishmoch, Tithu Melkutho, Oneho Sibiono, Aikanut Vashmayo of Paro, Hablan Lahmus and Konio Mono, Washbuklan, Haubain, Wachtohain, Aikanut Dofehnan, Spakel Hayobain. لو تعلان النسيونو إلو فاصولان من بيشو ميطول وديلوخي ملكوثو وحيلو تشبحتو والعولم علمين أمين ديلوخي ملكوثو it means give us your kingdom this is the Lord's prayer in Syriac Aramaic language we love the Lord we love you too Amen, Amen. Amen.